Without a ball, it's just a court. And without your spirit, it's only a game. So, together with the fans, we bring our best. For your next pregame, let's share a twist on a classic. The Hennessy Margarita. A squeeze of fresh lime juice and a bit of agave syrup. Topped off with ice and a salted rim. Mix it, shake it, pour it. And enjoy the spirit of the NBA. Hennessy. Without your spirit, it's only a game. 21 and older, please drink responsibly. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Point Forward, and Happy New Year. Um, I'm not a New Year guy, E.T. I'm, I'm just going to be quite honest because uh, New Year's resolutions to me are like cop-outs. Like, if you need to get to something, why not just get to it like that day or tomorrow? Why are you going to like, oh, at the, at the top of the year, I'm going to do this. Now, now, now that's where I feel you because to be completely honest, I was gonna wait to the top of the year to start some of my goals, and I was like, let me, let me not, let me, let me not kill that six weeks, and <laughs> let me start at Thanksgiving and start hitting the ground running. You know what I mean? I just think it's but a great reset. Yeah, it's just a great reset. Not everybody's as disciplined as you, Andre. No, no, no. I, I understand what you're saying yeah. because when you're about to take on something new. Or like you nearing the end of something, like a year, you're like, hey, let me indulge before I really lock in. I do get that part. Yeah. I get that part. I get that part. So I apologize to anybody I offended, but in the future, if you need to change something, just just do it. First things first, um, we're talking about what the hell is going on in the Bay. Uh, a lot of different things, you know, a lot of different lineups. Uh, I've been following basketball a little bit more than usual. That sounds kind of weird, but yeah, I actually have been following basketball a little bit more than usual. Jumping into that a little bit, and LeBron and Pharrell uh, had a crazy Louis Vuitton collab. Now that uh, Pharrell is the creative director over at uh, LV, part of the LVMH um, conglomerate, and uh, we we had some great era point guards uh, announce it. Announcing or calling it quits, Goran Dragic and Ricky Rubio. Um, I thought it was a, uh, you know, those two guys kind of brought international basketball uh, back on the scene. Uh, you know, some great wars going against Spain and Ricky Rubio since he was young, young. And yeah, so, uh, you know, shots out to him on his career. And our guest on the pod this week is the one and only Ice Trey, Trey Young, who has been going crazy, 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 crazy. For Atlanta this year, uh, it's like 35, 30, 33, 32, and then 10 plus assists every single night for the Atlanta Hawks. And so, um, great conversation here from him. He's been, you know, outside of his shivers from, you know, crossing people over, shooting from half court. Uh, he's soft spoken, but I felt like he opened up uh, Paul's, um, unlike, you know, before. And so, I was really intrigued to hear about, you know, how he views himself 
now that you know how you come into the league and you kind of get yeah. that buzz and it kind of wanes where he's been able to continue to push those numbers. So um, that was one of my more uh, honest and eye-opening conversations where I grew a new level of respect for him. So shout out to oh, Trey wow. and I hope y'all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you've been telling me about Trey for so long, but I, I just never really got a chance to be up close and personal to him like that. And you know how the league is, you know, you don't really get to know guys outside of what you hear from someone else's point of view or perspective. And so I thought it was dope to sit down and have a conversation with him. I know he was a good dude. I, know, I knew that. But just yeah. to hear directly from the horse's mouth, as they say, it was cool. Yeah, I think the reputation precedes him, too. I think, like, in that environment when he had, like, uh, his closest friends, clearly, and, like, who was around him, you can kind of get a, a gist of who he is as opposed to being ice tray inside the locker room and trying to carry a brand. But like he was a he's a simple kid and like a decent dude who's like a a big brother and takes that really serious. That's why I always had respect for him. So I'm like he can't be that terrible because he care. You know what I mean? He cares overly right. yeah, about yeah, his yeah, little brother. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? And um, for sure, obviously. And then his game just speaks volumes. So that was uh that was a I, I'm looking forward to this conversation. For sure. But uh, before we dive in today, quick PSA to our fellow point fortyans. I like that word. Yeah, for Ridians. All our important Ridians out there. Uh, very important announcement on the addition uh, we're adding to the show. Um, not as if we don't want to get pigeonholed at just another basketball podcast. I feel like everyone brings their unique perspective, and I do think we have some amazing content where um, tastemakers and influencers uh, globally with the interest of basketball. And so don't want to take it in that direction, but um, we feel like we do have a lot of interest that we want to explore and we want to share that with you all. And so we will be dropping on Wednesdays and Fridays. Why do you ask? As we continue the show, reflection of ourselves and our interest, uh, Beyond the Game of Basketball will be our Fridays. And so we will be talking business, business shop talk. Um, and this week, we have a very, very special guest. Kind of interesting timing um, as I just ran up on my guy randomly in a shopping mall. I saw that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw yeah. that. Well, he, he 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 reached out to me about a month ago, and we were just human to human texting on a different level, you know, just being vulnerable and trying to support each other. And uh, it, it happened because I guess he went to Best Buy. I haven't been in Best Buy in... I don't know how long, like probably over decade, near, a yeah, decade. Philly, probably over the one near Philly, near the in South <laughs> yeah. Philly, Best Buy. Right. So I, only, I needed a, um, I needed a, uh, what do you call it? A wireless keyboard and mouse for uh, my simulator, uh, my golf sim unit, and so I needed it right then and there. So I couldn't order it. So I just shot there and got it. And so he hit me like, "Yo, you in the area?" Blah blah blah. I'm like, "Yeah. How you know I'm over here?" I guess he went to Best Buy too, and somebody was like, Iggy was just over here. And so he hit me, he was like, pull up on me. So I pulled up on him, and uh, he was just, he's always ready to go with his camera. But it was like a candid moment to capture super cool, super organic, super authentic, and uh, you know how we feel about La Russell. And so, really, really super excited for our inaugural guest of the uh, two drop era starting this Friday. Like I said, none other than Barry, a lyricist, La Russell. Hey. Speaking of business, Point Forward is presented by DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with code Point Forward, because life's more fun when you're in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. Point forward. This is Andre Iguodala. This is Evan Turner. We're trying to get to the true essence of not just basketball, but life. And that means something. something, something. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. That level of understanding has been taken out of the game. Of the game. Let's get straight into the nitty gritty. Oh. They got your boy straight out of county, first day out. I hope right he don't jump across the. He don't jump across the. Uh, what's that called? Where the judge that? What's that called? Where the judge? The, the judge pulpit. Desk. Nah, that, that ain't the pulpit. I know that. <laughs> that's the church. I was thinking pulpit too. Yeah. Like that's the church. Shit, the wow. Satan seat. God damn. Where they giving out them time? <laughs> giving out eighty seven years. You think you gotta be the devil? Like, <laughs> give somebody. But you know what, man? I'm finna give you. 150. Anytime you look somebody dead in their face, give them all that time. You can't tell me there's not like a little racism in your blood, G. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you think somebody like deserves, deserves like a hundred and some years, it's like, bro, you don't Don't tell me you not racist. But anyway. But uh, DraftKings does have their uh, lines of bets. For, and folks, and I think we saw some interesting uh, wages going up and down over the past couple of weeks. And um, this week, uh, I think it's beautiful to see Draymond back on the court. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of good news coming from his camp as well. With the uh, he's just signing. It seems like he signed an extension uh, with his podcast network. Oh, uh, nice. That dropped. That news dropped as well. So that's pretty dope. You know, he gave a very uh, candid, open uh, interview. Uh, or he spoke on the situation and, you know, his past couple of weeks he's been out the game. So he's coming back. And um, it's interesting looking at the line item, looking at the lines for title odds um, by DraftKings. Um, you know, the day before that Phoenix game, the Warriors at plus 1,800. The suspension was announced and then moved to uh, plus 2,000. Mm-hmm. And then just while uh, they announced that it was coming back to play, it was at 3,500. And uh, as of January 8th, it is at plus 4,000. This has been interesting. The Warriors have been up and down since he's been out. Uh, they went on a stretch where they won a bunch of games in a row. And then from there, uh, hit a little bit of a uh, of a flat line. But they had some injuries. You know, CP's out. Shout us out to CP. Um, he will be back in a couple weeks. But speaking to you, there's a few things. Uh, you know, state of the Warriors right now, what do you think uh, it means when uh, – Dre returns, and then uh, I'll speak. I want to ask you about Kaminga as well. Yeah, I think one thing, obviously, they haven't been playing great, and you expect so much from, like, that trio and that dynasty that, like, whatever is bad seems 10 times worse. And uh, I forgot who they lost to last night, but as we sit here, they're 17 and 19. Which ain't, Yeah, they, which, they lost to which, Toronto yeah. uh, the other day, and they had a tough loss to Denver. Yeah, that, that was a bad loss. That was a bad loss. Toronto was a tough loss. But I will say with an explosive like unit like that, where you got two guys that can catch fire, as we sit here at age 17 and 19, you know, once Draymond comes back, who says they can't go on a run? My only thing is when you uh, 
you know, when you're struggling like you do, you need every piece that you can get and, you know, every piece of experience that you can get. And um, obviously Draymond might not knock you out the park in regards to like statistics statistical numbers but I think his experience and you know one thing that he knows how to do at the end of the day is you know get gritty and battle through you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so when it's coming to that next level I know you just mentioned uh Kaminga it's like there's certain points in this matter where you know this can go a few different ways and keep going you know tragic or it could transform into a thing where you know the new newly reformed Draymond I don't know if he wants to dive right into the lineup or feel like the the chemistry is good the way it is, but there, this is a, a situation where he can transform into uh, help picking and choosing where he can help. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, mentoring and, and, and helping the next level and the next stage. I don't know how that feels, but, I mean, Kaminga has a lot of gifts and does a lot of great things, and he's a, mis- a mismatch problem at the four. And right now, when it's coming time to uh, trying to get – you know, energy and a explosion, not only getting your starters together, but you also got to get, you know, some of your second or third guys. And I think Kaminga has a, he's been had a, a, a level to him that could be un- unlocked. And if it is unlocked, you know, you guys are that much dangerous, but I, you guys, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'll play for I'm, me. <laughs> huh? You said you guys, I'll play for me. Oh no, that's real. That's real. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. We've been watching. You know, I, the one thing I find disturbing is when reporters report on a guy in his camp, but haven't spoke directly to that guy. You know, it was it was it was said that Kaminga wasn't happy uh, based on the words of his camp. Um, I think he's done an amazing job of just coming to work every single day putting on his hard hat. I think uh, it's him and his uh, his fellow classmate in Moses Moody have just been very professional in how they approach their job or the, what they get based on the situation. Yeah. You know, Moses has had some games where he's played a lot. He's had some games he hasn't played in and out the lineup, but he's always brought, you know, a level of professionalism, a level of uh, dedication and hard work to the game every single day. You know, he got a Standing ovation, he got put in the game after sitting a few games out. The crowd was chanting his name. You know, it was super interesting. So I think both of those guys have just been working, you know, the way they should be working coming into this league at a very young age. And it was the same was said for Moses, too, like what his camp said. And so uh, it disturbs me when reporters don't speak directly to the players um, and can blow something out of proportion because that can – in turn, build a per- perception of what folks think about you. Yeah, of course. And it, yeah, and, and and it goes forward, and it might last your whole career. And it's like, wait, this is a good dude. Yeah, and when you break it down as well, it's not even like perception of people that actually know. It's perception of like the casual listeners when it's like, oh, well, Jonathan Kaminga, their problem over there is that he won't sacrifice, and he's a nutcase. You know right. what I mean? And right. sometimes, and, and and there's so many more people that read it that way than not. That, like, you're building, mm-hmm. you know, you're building a reputation on them. On top of the fact that, like, Steve really had to answer that bullshit. There was real press conferences where Steve <laughs> had to really answer a question on if right. this man says something or not. And it's like, bro, what are we talking about? And, like, if he's not playing, like, he'll keep working at it. But he's not wrong for not wanting to play. That's crazy. It's, if, if that's, that's, that's the grand theme of things. Like, I don't want anybody working with me that doesn't want to play. To work, <laughs> yeah. essentially. You know, somebody, I want to work. I want to work. 
that's the type of person I want on my team. But that's the world we live in with sports. Uh, Kaminga's improved player odds. Um, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a far fetch at this point, but he's still in the he's still odds on him. How about yeah. that? <laughs> what are the odds? The odds starting the season were at plus 5,500, 5,500. Now, to January, as of January 8th, the odds are plus 20,000. Damn, you got to buy your coach. No, I'm just joking. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I was, I think, uh, what, what, what did my man say? Uh, BJ Armstrong had a pretty crazy clip. Yo, I saw that. When he I saw that. When he was mentioning the Warriors, and he was like, you got to understand it's a business. He's like, are you wondering why Moses Moody and John Kamiga aren't playing? Of course they should be playing, but it's a business. He said, you're playing Clay, you're playing Chris Paul. He's like, should you be building towards the future? Correct me if I'm wrong, like, but should you be building towards no. the future? For sure, but money matters, business matters. And uh, I think he said something, until Steph decides that like he doesn't have a chance with these guys anymore, then they're just going to keep trying. You know what I mean? So I, I wanted, I wanted, I got a question for Evan Turner. Yeah. How, how would Evan Turner feel or what would Evan Turner's sentiments be if he was in Steph Curry's position and at every turn, someone was sending shots at him based on the actions of someone else. And so Stephen A. said uh, that Steph wasn't a great leader because of what happened with Draymond. Or B.J. Armstrong is saying, well, Kaminga and Moody won't play until Steph says so because he's saying, I've still got time and I'm still making my run at this chip. Like, you know, the young dude's got to wait. And it's like he's just getting... You know, he's darts are being thrown his way at every direction. Well, how would Evan Turner respond to that noise? I think there's two different like me sitting back, I would have been like, oh, like got upset. But I think there's two different ways to view it. How you are able to get through to Draymond is one thing because you're probably one, the only person that can get through to Draymond. And when it comes down to being like, yo, the Bay Area belongs to Steph. And everything involved belongs to Steph, whether you think so or not. And I'm taking this out of page out of Dame's book. Because Dame mm -hmm. was like involved in everything. Like he stepped up and was like, nah, it's my shit. So if it comes down to it, it's like, yo, this is like, my G, rock, rock, rock. But it's like the hundredth time you done wild it. Like, you understand what I'm saying? And it's like, all right, I don't know what conversation they had or what they didn't have. But if they're not having those combos, it's like, yo, we don't have room for air anymore. We're getting older, older, older. You feel what I'm saying? Now, what I blame, now I don't blame any part of Steph relying on the dudes that built a dynasty with him and went to war with him at all. Now, that goes down to the front office or the coaches. Because the same way that, that Mark Jackson was brave enough to trade the rail right so Clay Thompson could develop and get David Lee up out of there, that took a coach and somebody with guts to step up and do so and lead this franchise forward, which eventually led to four championships. When he went and said, like, he had to go talk to certain people in the front office, it's like, yo, bro, Kobe Bryant went and got Andre Iguodala to defend. What the hell are y'all talking about? Before y'all know it, y'all going to say some more off-the-wall shit to disrespect this man. So, like, when it comes down to playing a bad guy, it becomes the coaches. When it comes down to getting everything in the locker room taken care of, it becomes the players. Because at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, now you're going to tell the coach to shut the fuck up anyways, or, like, you barely know the coach.
And it's our locker room. If you, I'm just saying, and it's our locker room if you're really tight with the players. If, 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 if the team is really tight, it's our locker room. On any, And that's not like saying you don't listen to the coach, but it's like, no, it's a healthy locker room. We're all together. I'm only, I'm only laughing because I had teammates throughout my career who would ask this one question. What's that coach's name? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you don't know, bro. And, and it, but sometimes, bro, and then like, like you be, bro, and then you wonder, bro. You might see one dude curse out. I remember one time I saw Jordan Sharapko curse out my position coach, right? So I was like, damn, that's crazy. <laughs> and then I was like, man, that's wild. You don't think that's crazy? It's like, well, I mean, we don't really know each other. I mean, this will be my fourth time talking to Jonas, and I was like, damn, like. <laughs> But like you mind, that's how much you mind your own fucking business, G. <laughs> like to be honest with you. So mm. you call it that. But I think one thing with Steph is like they give everybody else like, oh, this is their fault. Like there's certain leadership things where he has to stick up, especially like once it starts getting closer. But all that other shit on who should play, like Bob Myers got up out of here and threw the gun in somebody else's lap and so on and so forth. So you know what I mean? Like, the the real combo was being like, nah, G, I'm supposed to hit some jumpers and stop people from fighting each other. Steve and them supposed to be doing their job. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code POINTFORD. New customers can bet just five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code point four. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. So Bob Myers just took a position with the Washington Commanders. And I just, Bob has been um, maneuvering quite well. Yeah, that's a I slippery ball. That. Yo, that's a slippery <laughs> The way that man threw that gun in the, <laughs> whoa, I'm up out of here. <laughs> but he was up for a new contract and he didn't get it. So, you know, a lot goes into it. Or... You know, I can't speak for him. Maybe there were things he may have wanted to do but couldn't have. We don't know. We don't know the situation. But no, it's yeah. looking like um, he knows how to play chess. I'll just leave. I think the only person who publicly have, who has spoken to him about it is Charles Barkley. And uh, that was a lot of fun to see. Because Charles, right. you know, he had his sentiments and he said, oh, you you, you share the same ones as I did. And that's why you sit next to me right now. But he's on the football side now. Hennessy and Mitchell and Ness have come together for the Ultimate Drop, a limited edition collection to celebrate Hennessy's continued partnership with the NBA. Because some things just go together, like Evan and myself. Hey man, man, remember when we met back in the day at Tim Grover's attack facility? Mm -hmm. I think it was like 08. I was finishing up my freshman year and you were about to prepare to get that bag, right? Yes, my extension year. We met in 08. In 2010, we fast forward to be each other's teammates. Mm -hmm. I obviously thought I was better than you. Then the first day of practice, I go baseline. And you, you Brian blocked my shot before that Brian. That was a good block, G. <laughs> I remember that. Bro, that was an amazing block. I'm looking like, bro, what just happened back there? And then I'm like thinking something, like talking to my agent. Like, bro, you just said I was better than this dude? Look, 
On the court, you're surrounded by a collection of personalities, egos, and talent. But when the pieces come together, that's when you form a great team. The same thing is true when you mix a great drink. Different ingredients come together for the first time, complementing one another to make something out of this world. And beyond the drinks, this drop with Hennessy and Mitchell and Ness celebrates the intersection of basketball with art, music, and fashion. Elements of culture that represent ways the fans and players pay homage to the game. The exclusive collection will have a limited drop available for both in retail and online. Check out at Hennessy US on Instagram for more information. Hennessy, without your spirit, it's only a game. 21 and older, please drink responsibly. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Um, so, you know, you always speak on, you know, what will our last dance, or I shouldn't say our last dance, their last dance look like, how will it be recorded. You know, you look back in 15 years from now, like, what are we going to gather from it? And uh, that's going to be a unique part of the story. So, you know, I'm a, I, everyone's going to keep a close eye on where everyone falls, you know, who was who was deeply embedded into it. Yeah, and it's funny with the commander situation, uh, our former governor from the Sixers, actually. Wait, were you with Josh Harris or no? I was with was Josh he, Harris. Yeah, was, Josh Harris. I was there yeah. with him for like a year or two, one yeah, year yeah. at least. Yeah, so yeah, when we were with the Sixers uh, back in 2012, uh, Josh Harris, David Blitzer, those are uh, mm-hmm. two of the guys that own the Sixers. They're good dudes, man. Very good people. Good dudes, yeah. um, they literally were trying their best to, uh, they had intent to really do something ideal with the organization. So they got the players about that bullshit college basement at PCON where they practice and they built did them do a, that. a real practice facility. Um, actually, y'all talking uh, food? We started getting food once Josh okay. showed up. Classy dudes, and you know Magic Johnson's on the board, on the on the yep. advisory board as well. So yep. Yep. there's no yep. guarantee sure. that uh, you know that uh, Myers is going to be like the new you know GM or whatever. But definitely part of the advisory board. And um, since they fired Ryan Rivera, who made all basically he's like Doc Rivers, he made all the decisions that came down to basketball in the front office moves. So they're rebuilding. Oh, I didn't know that. They're rebuilding everything, so mm, mm, it should be pretty and smooth. Stadium, they got a stadium mm. too. They might do a new stadium. Yeah, now that'd be crazy. I was wondering. So when you break it down and you think about the NBA and everything that involves in the NBA, it's like and maybe I could be tweaking. But Bob Myers went from building a, uh, you know, a franchise, building a dynasty, to being able to switch. And now they want his minds and other assets and other fit like in a different sport which is football. Mm-hmm. Where do you think the significance of 
you know, what the NBA means in this day and age now. Like 15 or 20 years ago, we all, almost seemed like we were like teenagers or still maturing in a sense of business or what success in the NBA meant. Now it's sure. like they're going to the point of like, hey, what mind built this great thing? Or when it's coming down to you per se, like you just went from playing in the NBA, playing in one of the greatest dynasties, helped build a union to now being able to be the acting director of the union. So what do you think, you know, having success in the league means these days and where, where are we taking it to just to, you know, set the, set the stage? Well, I will say we're the most visible athletes in terms of how how we give our product to uh, the consumer. And so, you know, you can see our face. Um, we're on average the tallest. Uh, so our physique, you know, um, I think, you know, just our, our frames as well, our athletic prowess, you know, and the way that our game is played. Not to say we're the best athletes, um, but all those things, you know, the way the game is played, the way we look, uh, the way we carry ourselves, the way we dress, you know, um, the way the game has evolved. And, you know, you've had some great minds along the way who have, you know, this, this thing called tastemaking. And yeah. I think we were the, I don't think we were the first influencers. I think you give that to more um, higher social economic uh, communities. Yeah. When you talk about like golf and you talk about um, tennis, yeah. You know, how the IMG started. You started with very, very high-end sports. You know, I think there was a reason why you didn't see many African-Americans in those sports because you had to have that tutelage at a young age. And it was a yeah. very expensive things to, to participate in. And and the way they were endorsed, you know, where they went from tennis racket or a golf ball or a golf bag. And, you know, even golfers are being uh, endorsed by uh, private wealth management companies, you know, That's insurance crazy. companies, you yeah. know. Uh, and, and then... I think Michael Jordan was kind of the first one to, you know, we all saw the movie, uh, the Nike movie about Michael Air. Jordan that came out last year. We saw Air. And you kind of got a, a glimpse of how it all began and how you wanted to uh, market someone like Michael Jordan. And so that was like the infancy. And like you saying, we've kind of grown up a little bit. You know, that was 40 years ago. And so we're kind of just getting right into the middle of your prime. In terms of a businessman, like, you know, you talked about doctors, lawyers, businessmen, like, we hit our stride as basketball players at 20, 21, 22 in terms of we getting into the game. And that's odd. That's not the reality for most po folks. Most folks are hitting their, their, their stride around anywhere 50. from 32 to 38 in terms of like realizing who they are. And then like you say, they, like at 50 is when like, oh, boom, like I'm at my peak. And so we're getting that's closer and tough, closer to yeah. being there. And uh, globally, uh, the way Davis Stern rest rest his soul, you know, he wanted to expand with the dream team, and then how he got into, he cracked the code on China, um, and then now what we're trying to do in Africa because you know we got a lot of talent starting to come from there. But the game has been um, globalized in a way where we can touch all different points, and it's just amazing to see how you know athletes are getting smarter and smarter with how they're doing, uh, how they're going about their business, and how they're trying to level up. Uh, not just as players, but being more than that. Like, you know, you're seeing more and more athletes have equity in things. That's the, that was the next level. You know, it went from transactional, pay me to use my likeness, to I want to help build the company from within. You know, I, I heard Charles Barkley say, Michael Jordan told me to change my contract with Nike to not get paid in cash, but get paid in stock. And now it's, I want a whole piece of the company. And so now I can see how much 
and they can track it too. You know, and, and, uh, analytics just isn't for sports. Uh, yeah. You know, how many threes you should take a game or how many dribbles you should take per possession. But it's also when, you know, how do I affect the company's market cap? You know, um, you know, it was said Kanye West was a, a is a billion, a multi-billion dollar market cap mover for Adidas. You know, we saw that up close and personal. Yeah. And so I, I think more athletes are starting to level up and think more about it. Or you forget, we bring up Ye one more time. You're talking about a billion, like, and shout out to, you know, what they did. But, I mean, he basically built, and correct me if I'm wrong, he built a couple billion dollar companies. Yes, Whatever he, he left for Wifey and that. Like, you know what I mean? So, when you sit there, and this is what I've argued. And he'll uh, never get the credit. And, some, and he'll never get the credit, but they'll throw it in everywhere that they, they blackballed them out of. And this yep. is what I think sometimes people don't understand. Like, I use this for the example of a... Uh, we say the Steph effect, or even sometimes when great things happen, like it's a, like like the Dre effect, like you know what I mean. And sometimes something might trickle down, like to my friends, where it's like, all right, it's the Evan effect. But it's like there's certain people that are like so golden and such a big, you know what I mean? Like they're a cash cow that like legit they can put everybody on. And I feel it so when it mm-hmm. comes to an athlete, or as you see, like with Michael Jordan, or see with some of these people in this high up position, this is. This is the standard if they get the opportunity and get the, the, the platform and the access to do so and not kind of have a glass ceiling. You know, we went from making, you know, Pistol Pete to making a million dollars in a season to 50 years later. I mean, we're about to, I mean, Tatum or a 15 year old is about to make a billion dollars in his career. Like, yes. You know what I mean? And that's, yes. that's crazy. And I think uh, it's not about, you know, the one trick pony. It's about maximizing everything. And I think that's where people lose sight of it at. It's like, all right, bro, if I can score here, there's another spot that I can score at. It's not like, oh, you leave the league or you get out of here and it just ends. It's like, no, G, you touch your money, you go, then like you finesse from there. Mm-hmm. Point forward. Kind of leads me to the topic you brought up for the week uh, with Louis Vuitton and Pharrell bringing on LeBron. And you got Lebanon. a dope phrase that you've coined. <laughs> you got a dope phrase that you've coined in terms of you know, uh, he has some dope pieces that he, he came out with. Uh, I think it was shot so well. Is that a million dollar bag? That that was that a, bag? I, think, that? I think that was a million dollar bag or something. Which is crazy. He got the pajamas. And I'm a big pajama guy now. Like, I've been treating myself to very, very nice pajamas. You deserve it. I'm big man. on sleep. <laughs> but I, I think that speaks to, you know, we going all the way back to, it's funny, I never heard, um, I didn't understand that Jay-Z line for like, Decades. It was a Dapper Dan line. Was it smart it was enough to open the market up? Oh, okay, keep going. It's from the Blueprint, and he mentioned Dapper Dan. But he said it in a way I didn't know who Dapper Dan was, and I didn't get it. And as I got older, I'm like, oh, that's the Dapper Dan he's talking about. But Dapper Dan was taking Louis Vuitton material, and then he was making his own clothes and selling it in Harlem, right? Yeah, so Mike so, Tyson, all them dudes would be going over there and... uh that's where Mike Tyson knocked out Kurt Green or Mitch Green. Keep going. Oh, that was where that was? Outside. Yeah, you thought he killed him. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so Dapper Dan took different fabrics. So whether it was Fendi, whether it was MCM, whether it was Gucci, and then now obviously Dapper Dan has a, a proper collab with Gucci that was really, really, really dope and was good to see, like paying homage to because our culture tells folks what to wear. I think there are two cultures, you know, they do it in Tokyo, amazing. In Japan, they do it. And then I feel yeah. like, you know, our culture, we do it over here in America where we kind of, show people which way to go. Now, they are coming out with some some new things on the 
tech side, you know, look at companies like Allbirds or On is having a moment right now or Lululemon. But I still think, you know, everyone's trying to gravitate to that more fashion forward side of everything is to kind of officially cross over. And I think that's where we leave the charge. So seeing this, this is kind of to what we're speaking about. You know what I mean? We're speaking to how us as athletes, as basketball players, how we influence, how we become tastemakers. And I think it speaks to, you know, the collaboration like this. Yeah, and I was, bro, it's just crazy. I mean, Pharrell was a dude making beats. Mm-hmm. With, you know uh, I mean? with Teddy. With the, Teddy, with the Neptunes. Teddy. Teddy. No, Teddy was the dude before the Neptune. Boy, Teddy Riley. Oh, Teddy, Teddy Riley was how okay, he so got Teddy, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he did, uh, Teddy Riley did uh, Bobby Brown's joints and all them. Yes, back yes. We're going way back. So Teddy Riley was that dude. Uh, he, made, he he was like competing with the verses with Babyface. But yeah, his, no, yeah, uh, yeah, ring yeah. camera kept showing up in the uh, speakers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> take yeah, it off. yeah, yeah, <laughs> Man, they was trying to do their thing that day, too. That hurt me, man. But um, what I'm saying is like with, like with the Pharrell thing, bro, like he went from just skateboarding and doing like, you know what I mean, Billionaire Boys Club to like Louis Vuitton, creative director for Louis Vuitton is crazy. Mm-hmm. And then like yeah. back in the day, like with those big designs, only like David Beckham or somebody would really get that. You know what I'm saying? And now we finally, we went from yep. doing like an NBA collab to like, this yes. is Bron, the top yep. athlete in the world. You've seen Christi- Cristiano Ronaldo do it numerous times. Yep. You've seen, yep. 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 you know, on certain big, like big stages. you even seen, uh, what's yep. the little short dude name? Um, he, he little. That's why he, Messi. Yeah, little nigga Messi. I said, oh, Shout I said, said Messi. Messi. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 Messi or whatever. But that's pretty crazy, man. So I, I thought I thought that was lit. If you could. Oh, Tom Brady did Tom Ford. And then he I had like a cardiac. I missed that one. I missed man, it. Man, I just, man, Lannister. Look, if you could do, who would who would you do? Pause. If I can do a collaboration? If you could do a collaboration, if it's just like Andre Iguodala for Lululemon. You know what? I'm gonna go out on a limb. I wanna hear this now. I, I haven't been able to speak to it. I don't wanna cause any controversy around it, but I felt a way about the skims thing. So I'm, yeah. I'm speaking from that perspective and in terms of like, you know, how the African-American male athletes, successful ones have been and have been assisting certain brands raise their profile. I'll just leave yeah. it at that. Um, so if I had to pick one, I'm, they don't even have a men's line yet. I'm picking Fenty and Rihanna. Oh, I like that. Damn, yes. I like that a lot. Bro, that's Yes, crazy. I know you like it. Yeah, I like that I know that you like it. That's and hard. I just started that right now. Damn, that's impressive. Well, shit, I can't think of nothing that creative, so I'm going to go with some <laughs> ratchet shit. Um, <laughs> so let's see. I, I'm going to go with, uh, I'll probably do like, ah, uh, fuck. I'm Leon Dore. Oh, no, that's cold. Yeah, but they're dope. Or I would do yeah, they like, dope. I think that, yeah. I would do, that's some shit I use all the time. That is some joints I see you with. I would love to do like a, a Goyard thing or something wavy. Goyard would be dope. Goyard would be dope. Yeah. Or like- um, You a traveling man. You'd be everywhere. And you international. Some... International Marcel. Oh, that's hard. <laughs> <laughs> that's hard. Yeah, but those are probably the only two I want to do. I think I would want to do that. I can't think of anything. What about Watch? Would you do like a Richard Mille, Richard Mille or- Um. Cactus Jack had the collab of the year last year. I give him that with AP. With, oh, AP. Yeah, he had a good collab. Um, but if I had to pick a watch, 
There's a watch company called HYT I like a lot too. But that's like yeah. a horology. That's like on some other stuff. Like they got pieces of the moon in their watches. Point forward. So Dre, you know, recently, obviously you saw the clip where uh, they asked LeBron James about uh, at the wrong time about Ricky Rubio getting, uh, you know, retiring, what he thought about I missed it. that. You didn't see that? It was basically, they just yeah. lost, they just got the shit beat out of them. And some reporter was like, LeBron, you hear about Ricky Rubio retiring? And the, you know what I mean? LeBron is kind of like, mm-hmm. what? Like, Ricky, good, good luck, hell of a career. Like, mm-hmm. if I don't sound sincere, I'm sorry. But, like, this dude, the timing is terrible. Like, we just lost by 30, but hell of a career. And then Goran Dragic, he just announced he retired as well. And he said his final mm-hmm. game. He's doing something that's pretty cool. I, I thought that now was pretty dope. dope. He's having that. a He's having a final game with some of his favorite players. So it'll be like, yep. I think Jimmy Butler, uh, who else? Steve Nash, Luka Doncic. They they're all playing in this game. Oh, that's dope. Luka Doncic. Uh, who else? It's like right now they got like six or seven people. But the big mm. names are Steve Nash, Luka Doncic, Jimmy Butler. I believe Jokic is going to play. Yeah, and there's a couple other players, but I thought that was a pretty good way to go out. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, Dragic, you know, when you break down when he first came into the league, which was like, what, 17, 18 years ago? Mm-hmm. Hardship. He came in, uh, what, backing up the Suns, backing up Steve Nash, league MVP. Yep. So to really, you know, see where he started from there, from being like, you know, a prodigy coming from a small country like Slovenia to, you know, making it to the All-NBA to, you know, you guys played in a, in a, shoot, a championship together, right? We played in Miami together, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Y'all, so, y'all... Um, Goran was always a hard-nosed player, you know, a little chippy, but he had a crazy skill set to him. Like, yeah. he could always get to a shot. He was very crafty, he could get to the basketball. He had something that the game has lost. He, he's, he had a elite IQ with gamesmanship. Yeah. So, he knew how to, he knew how to manipulate the game in a respectful way. You know, um, and and I would say the same for Ricky Rubio, not being known as a shooter, uh, but still had crazy high assists. Um, you know, going back and forth against Spain, the U.S., it was always like the battle. Uh, that, that that gap has been shrinking over the years. And so, um, you for know, those, wishing yeah. them nothing but the best. Yeah. And for those two point guards, I mean, we got we go back and when you, I think, when you break it down in regards to like the European standpoint, for those two to come over here and be able to have the success that they did have and kind of battle on that level, I, I believe, not giving them the whole credit, but they allowed to help grow the game of basketball and continue to make it yes. international and then continue yes. to make it happy. And, and you know, excited. You even see like the Redeem team. What, uh, what was it with uh, Dwayne Wade, that documentary? They were talking, mm-hmm. you know, they were showing. What was it the 2012 Olympics? Was it 2012 yep. Olympics or 2016? No, uh, Redeem team was two, 2008. Redeem team was yeah, 2008. Yeah, or 2012, whatever Olympics that was, and they were showing them playing versus Spain and how big of a yep. deal that was. I believe Ricky Rubio was on that team as well. So shout out yep. to them. Hell of a career. I was wondering with this final game situation and the grand scheme of things, who are some people that you would have come play in your final game? I feel like it would be legit. And I feel Damn, like you. Would, I feel like you. Game. I feel like you could get people to show up to your final game too. People would really, but, really show up. But like, could Al Iverson play today? Yeah, fuck it. He alive. All right. So, man, Iverson Chris could Weber, play. Dude. Today, could he play? Like, do he want to play? 
You Because you see his crossover in his commercial? <laughs> it was looking like, all right, man, I got two takes, man. I'm going to make it look <laughs> like yeah, it's something. No, nah, you're right. <laughs> but you're right. Allen Iverson, uh, one of my favorite players of all time, people don't know this, was uh, I started watching basketball. It was the Bulls and it was the Fab Five. And so I actually got a chance to play with Chris Webber. Many people don't remember that. And I learned a lot from him, just his passing ability, the bigs that can really pass the ball. Like he was, he was ahead of his time. Because uh, he played with Vladi Divac, who was ahead of his time, too, in terms of the player he was when he yeah. joined the Lakers. And so uh, AI, Chris <laughs> Webber, uh, Andre Miller, of course. Uh, um, Lou Williams playing for sure. Drew Holiday playing for sure. Damn. Evan Turner playing for sure. Somebody going to be mad he getting left off. Uh, obviously, Steph, Clay, Draymond, KD, KD. KD just got to warm up. He, he 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 can do whatever he want. He can play. He can warm up. KD just got to be there. Uh, I don't know, but I yeah, but I did play on the Olympic team too, and so the, um, Kobe, Kobe, Kobe for sure, Kobe for sure. Um, yeah, and then the um, World Championship team was a ton of fun. We had a ton of fun on he that always, World Championship yeah, team. Lamar yeah, Odom, yeah, Lamar Odom, Lamar Odom for sure. Lamar Odom. L.O. L.O. Yeah. Me and L.O. chopped it up one day, like on some, you know, next level, like like I say, human and human, like the conversation I had with Le Russell, and like we were just talking about life and uh, big respect for L.O. That's I got a lot of guys I would play with. We got we would probably have two teams. We can we can we can get a whole two yeah. man two rosters. Yeah, obviously, but I feel like mine would you know mine's all it wouldn't be you no know, turned up people, but it'd be you, Lou, Elden Brand, Spencer, Drew Hade. Dame PG? Nah, not PG. <laughs> nah, I'm going to be Hold honest on. with you. Oh, you know, Isaiah Thomas. I'll do Isaiah Thomas. Uh, Avery Bradley? Oh, Avery is one of my favorite defenders. I would do Avery. You want to know who I would, I would get? Luke, uh, Tyler Zeller. <laughs> I always Yo, I like work. the Zellers. Yeah, yeah, the Zellers. Kelly yeah. Olenek. You want to know Kelly somebody? You want to know somebody that Ooh, I always... Jimmy Bam, I'm tripping. Jimmy and Bam, I'm tripping. Go ahead. That's what I'm saying. You got some players, bro. Uh, yeah. You want, you want to know who I would get? Oh, Steam Room Mafia, Al Farouk Aminu, Maurice Harkless. Oh, yeah. Like, Mo, I'm Mo, yeah, more Harkless. Yeah, yeah. I'm starting to homies out the trenches. Like, all the high-profile dudes, like, them <laughs> niggas might get seven minutes and, like, three shots, okay? So, every like nigga that, they got, like, a ring like and, like, all that shit. Like it's like, it. no, this, this ain't where I you like play it. at, champ. Like, like you I can like take it. a break. Yeah, we, we will anybody make the cut? Will anybody make the cut from right, so the Indiana team? I think you always gotta show respect to D West. Okay. I D just West, to him too. Bro, I yeah. fuck with Scola heavy. I Scola thought that, could go go. Yeah, and he was he is thorough. One that you would forget, G, and maybe it meant nothing to you, but he's my dog, and he's like one of my favorites. Sean Livingston would be my first choice. Damn, um, but, but Sean, Sean and I go back to uh, kindergarten. No, 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 he he no, on for sure. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. him for me. Like for me personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, no, for sure. Yeah, throw Shump in there. We played middle school ball together. Me and Shump and playing. We played in the same. I feel like we were like we played up. I played seventh grade and eighth grade. Shump was fifth grade. I was sixth grade. So we were always like the two little kids that played up. But from the crib, either uh, Shump or. Uh, Sean Livingston is like one of my idols, like at, like all the time, just growing up. I got a picture of me, you, and Sean walking into a building, and that was like, I got it. okay, yeah, it's one of my favorite pictures ever. Yeah. Oh yeah. damn, I gotta get that. Uh, 
Yeah. Framed. Let me get it framed up. Let me get it framed up. Yeah. And then I forgot. I ain't picked nobody from my Denver team. Ty Lawson probably or JaVale McGee. Yo, Gallinari. Don't go there. Gallinari was the truth. Gallinari. I know. I'm waiting. I'm like, Gallo. Yeah. Gallo is the truth. And give Gallo this man his credit because um, he don't ever get Wilson Chandler. Just yeah. as a human, a competitor. Even if you just saw him yeah. on the street, he was just a yeah. good dude. Like, you know you what I mean? Stop. Like he, yeah, you just stopped. He didn't yeah. bother his soul. Like, just a yeah. good dude. Could hoop. He was a formidable starter, too. He always he had like a good seven years of starting in the league. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, for sure. No, he could play. He had some great yeah. years in New York. Great yeah. years in New York. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Make sure to subscribe to Point Forward wherever you listen to your podcast and follow us on all social channels at Point Forward. Point Forward. So welcome back today for another episode of Point Forward. Myself, Evan Turner, the Honorable Andre Iguodala. Today we have a special guest. When I met him, he was uh, a small fry, and now uh, he's a big dog making big moves. The one and only Trey Young. Trey, thanks for coming on today. My God, Pause. appreciate you. Appreciate y'all for having me on, man. Uh, so you come from Oklahoma, but you out here, you, you enjoying this uh, California lifestyle. That's where you train out, out of during the offseason and everything? Yeah, I've been uh, training out here since my pre-drafting. So uh, like now it's about to be my fifth summer. Really, yeah, my sixth summer and uh, just out here and I have like a routine. My my trainers out here and uh, it's been really good for me every every year. Let's go over that routine because um, I always tell people because uh, we used to joke during a game. I used to be like, "Yo, how many floaters do you think you can make in the first half?" Mm -hmm. And he'd be like, "Maybe six or seven. And mm -hmm. we come at halftime and be like, "Bro, Shorty really made six or seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then like you look at his handle, his floater, and his jumper. And then his quickness, and then the passing. I used to always be like, bro, who the, who the hell trained you? Because mm -hmm. literally, offensively, I always felt like your your skill set, what you were able to do, was obviously next level. But at the same time, it was, it was all there so quick at a young age. Hey there, it's Matt Norlander with the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast. And yes, we are in the thick of the college hoop season. Our pod runs at least three times a week and covers everything you need to know. From the power conference team to the mid-majors, the scoops, the stories, game predictions, previews, huge recaps, everything. We cover it all. To find us, search Eye on College Basketball podcast wherever you get your pods. So like, go over your routine. What your feel like was for the game and who you watched growing up to make yourself in that position. Because yeah, it's, I mean, it's something at a different level that people really don't understand. Yeah, um, for sure. So like my my all season, like I uh, I always start off with the lift in the morning and I, I get on the court around noon or two thirty with my trainer. Uh, if we're not in some runs up and down, but um, but I've been having like a routine of working on like my floaters, like. Uh, like when I'm on the court, I always I always work on my my floaters, my mid range, and my threes. Like I don't just work on just just one one set of things. Like I, I really work on everything. So um, I've been having this kind of like routine every every summer. I mean, some days I have three days, and I'll work out. I'll even come back later at night and just shoot, and not even really go hard. I'll just work on touch things and um, certain spots on the floor. I'll just work on my touch. So. Um, that's that's pretty much what it is. I just always I've I've had this like crazy crazy thing in the summer. Like I don't like taking too much time off. Like even after college, like I mean I didn't even really want to take time off really then. When I found my agent, I told him I wanted to come out here. I told Omar I wanted to come out here after uh, the Wooden Awards or whatever. It was like right after the season, 
and I told him, I said, I want to start immediately. So, like, I just, I've always just had, like, a crazy, like, work ethic when it comes to, like, just wanting to always be in the gym. Um, so, considering that a lot of people know your dad played basketball at Texas Tech, correct? Mm-hmm. So, uh, discuss that upbringing and, you know, how you got into the game of basketball. Because we usually like to ask, you know, how did you get here? And sometimes there's a broad spectrum of how did you get to the league or how you even came on the pod, but... Talk about mm-hmm. some of those early moments. Yeah, no. So for me, like, um, so when my dad was playing, I was really around like my my grandpa, like uh, his dad, um, and, and my mom's parents in, in a small town, Pampa, Texas. Um, it's, it's it's close to Lubbock, Texas, where he went to school. Um, but my mom was a year younger, so she was still in high school, and I was around them. But I was really around my my grandpa a lot growing up, and. Um, just just watching that because he was still playing he uh played a little bit uh in the d league back then um in, in houston and then went overseas uh we lived in portugal for for a couple of years so yeah so i lived over there I, I look forward to going back there to, to actually know what i was a part of so uh it was so it was so long ago i don't really remember but uh yeah just always being around my grandfather and then yeah just just following him around now what has uh, – because I've seen you grow up, like, almost like in the NBA. Like, I think it's pretty cool. Like, how often do we see – it's like you and Tatum. Mm-hmm. Like, we see all y'all as kids taking pictures with NBA players, like all of them. Yeah. And it's almost like you growing up in the league from a different perspective as a – like, if you see a young engineer and we see, like, a, a young phenom, like a young Albert Einstein, they surround him with all the great minds of the world. But it's funny because in the sports world, we rarely see that. But it's like, why not take our phenoms and surround them by the best NBA players? Because it's like we're pulling the next crop of guys along at a young age. Mm-hmm. And do you? Th- how has that helped you or hurt you? Uh, how did you see that? Like, I'm seeing these guys and this is what I want to be. Like, how did that help your psyche when, you you know, growing up in that and then getting to the league? Yeah, Um I think it was a blessing and a curse. I think, uh, like, I was fortunate enough, like like I was saying, my dad played, and so he knew a lot of people in the business. And so uh, we knew some guys with the Thunder, or my dad did. And so I was able to meet guys like KD and go take pictures, like, when I was a kid. And, be, and we had season tickets, and that was one of the expenses my dad made when uh, he got a really good job. And he, we were able to, uh, that was one of his big investments, was taking me to the games and making sure I was at the games. and. Um, so we always went to games, and so whenever guys like um, David Vanderpool and them would come in town, I would be able to meet. I know you know you know him, um, so that's what I'm saying. Like being able to meet Dane when he was a rookie, like those pictures pop up now, and it's like it's crazy. But I really looked up to them, those guys, and like they they really meant a lot to me. And and sometimes like like I feel like a lot of elite guys do get to to meet those type of guys and um meet certain guys at a high level but don't understand like what it really takes to get there and don't really like necessarily for me i like asking questions i really like i really like listening and taking advice from some of these guys so like i think it's an approach too of how like when you meet these guys what it like what what you're asking what's your mentality when you see these guys too so i think those those were the things that i really took from it you think that situation, sometimes you think about the line, it's like it's, uh, your attitude determines your latitude. So your dad puts you in those situations to go meet some of your favorite NBA players six or seven years before you hit the pros. 
Was that something that kind of, you know, felt like made you prep and made you ready to compete? Because even we played in Portland, you and Dame had a couple battles where I'm like, damn, this little motherfucker you scared of. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know no, for sure. You not get the memo? Yeah, shit. no, it's, it's crazy, bro. Like, there's so many people, like, I've... I've, that I've been able to have relationships with. Like, I, there's pictures of me and Chauncey when Chauncey was playing with the Pistons and, like, I was probably in, like, fourth, fifth grade or even younger, but, like, I was able to, like, going into, the, into college, I was able to go to Denver and, and work out with him for a weekend and just pick his brain, go to his house and ask him questions and just, like, it's, it's crazy just some of the relationships that I've had and, um, and it's, it's kind of weird, and I know it's weird for them, too, whenever some old pictures pop up, and I'm a little kid, and they're younger, and we're here now. But, I mean, I really do remember those moments and really appreciate those certain moments that I've had with a lot of these guys. And throughout, throughout your career, like, you've accomplished a lot, you know, with your – you just finished your fifth year, right? You just mm-hmm. you accomplished a lot. You know, you've been to the All-Star team uh, three times. Um, you make it third twice, team. Twice. Twice, twice. You've been third team All-NBA. Mm-hmm. Like, those aren't – the league and assist two years. Right, mm-hmm. the league and assist. Like you, you, you know, you're in your third shoe, which is like a big thing. Like Adidas. Yeah, like, no, you know, we're talking about big brands. We're not talking about you know you get a shoe just because you know you're one of the first athletes at it, up and coming shoe brand. Like the lineage of Adidas basketball players. That's like a big thing. You know, no. Kobe, T Mac. You know, uh, Gilbert had an amazing shoe. Dames had a long mm-hmm. run. Like. You know, Adidas is known for picking the right type of talent. You've accomplished so much. Um, is there some like how do you stay balanced in it all? And under like, there's a lot thrown at you. You know, do you just take it all in in terms of like I'm just gonna enjoy it all and I'm just gonna ride, you know, ride this wave, or do you get a chance to step away from it and just be, you know, calm or just getting away from the game? Um, for me, like, I like to do a little bit of both. Like, I like to enjoy and appreciate, like, certain moments that, like, I have or, like, certain moments that we have because, like, you never know when it's going to happen. Like, again, like, it's not easy making it to the championship. So, like, you want to appreciate every time you do. Like, I know a lot of players who haven't made it to the conference finals, like, and it's crazy because there's some, some legends and really good players that don't even make it that far. But, like, so like I, I've learned to like I really want to appreciate every like moment and accolades that we that we get. But I'm like at the same time like I in my head like I haven't reached the the heights that I wanted to in my five years. Like I mean there's I've, I've wanted to be more. I wanted to obviously to win a championship, but I understand it's not that easy. Like but I want more for myself and for my team. So there's like that hunger that always that pushes you and makes you go for more so I mean I always try to do a little bit of both and not be satisfied where I'm at and I think that's that's why like I'm always going to have hunger because I know I haven't achieved everything I I really want to yet. How about um you know speaking of first few years I know you say you try to enjoy uh enjoy certain moments but um was it tough to enjoy because there's always a Luka Doncic comparison or you know trying to lead a franchise and Obviously, when you're Trey Young and you're top five in both, both points and assists, you've seen a couple of years, every, they'll throw the gun in your lap for any you know, mistake. Have you mm-hmm. uh, been able to navigate and feel any type of uh, progression in regards to that leadership ability and the maturity that you know, comes from a point guard and uh, a franchise leader that you, know, you can't escape from? I remember working with you when you were 20 and you're still figuring it out, but mm-hmm. where you go, you know, how you feel about it now? Yeah, no. Um, no, like I like... When it comes to the comparison stuff, I like I know there's there's been worse comparisons. So like, 
to be honest, like I don't, I don't, that don't really like affect me. Like for me, I laugh at, laugh at certain things. And like, to be honest, I know we're both at like a certain level. A lot of guys aren't even at or haven't even been to. So, and we're just starting our careers for real. So, I, uh, I don't look at into our comparison too much. Uh, I let other people do that. But um, for me, I've, I've just gotten to really, um, to a place where I really get to. Uh, just like now, I'm meeting DJ in the backcourt. Like we, we have a really good coach in Quinn that's going to help us lead this team. Like we're really in a place that I'm at a place like I know what what I need to do to help our team be more successful. Um, and it starts with like chemistry, and it starts with being being with your teammates in the summertime, spending time texting them, calling them, um, being in the gym when you're in the same cities, or inviting them to LA. Um, it's just like certain things that I know now, like that I didn't know necessarily when I was a rookie or my sophomore year that I needed to do for, for a team to be successful. So um, I think it's, it's, just, it's just helped that I got more years for sure. How was that shock for you in terms of, we were talking to Gilbert Arenas the other day and we were speaking on, you know, our youth and how they're coming up and our, our very talented youth. You know, we know who's going to be next. And he said something that they, you never can prepare, prepare for is the criticism. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, in high school, you know, we are who we are. It's really hard to criticize us. You know, you can try to pick our game apart, but we dominate. And mm -hmm. then in college, you know, I was just talking about Michael Beasley the other day. I didn't even realize you broke the scoring records on Michael Beasley and Kevin Durant. Yeah, nah. Like, that's shit's, it's just crazy. Yeah. And so it's really hard to criticize that. But when you get to the league, Everybody's criticized. Like nobody can duck that. And so, mm -hmm. how did you adjust to the way you reacted, or the because we all are humans, and regardless mm -hmm. if you react out loud or it's internal, you know how have you react to the criticism, and then how have you been able to mature, uh, knowing that it's coming from people who aren't the experts? Yeah. Um, well, for me, I think, uh, like you said, I think it started for me in college a little bit too. Like. I was playing, uh, I was talking to my dad the other day, like, it's crazy. Like, they were showing my stats on, like, other teams that were playing during the games, like, while, like, while I wasn't even playing in that game, like, just a, a score check. And I'm like, like, it got to a point, but then we started going to a down, downward part of the end of the season, and a lot of people started criticizing my game. Like, at one point, I was the number one draft pick. I, I was, I was going to be number one. We were number three in the country, like. And then we started losing. So I started facing a little bit of a scrutiny then and a lot of backlash because I was on ESPN every day. I was talked about every day. And then it was all good. And then it went to bad. And so getting into the league after my rookie year, I mean, rookie year was a lot of people don't really expect too much from, from rookies. Um, and me and Luca, the trade wasn't a, a crazy difference. Both of our teams weren't winning and things like that. And my second year, I was an all-star starter. And so I really didn't face really any scrutiny and like really backlash until after the long playoff run. When you go through that long playoff run and then you, you that next season, if you don't get that to that spot or, or further, it's, 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 not, it's not good. And for me, I, I mean, I accept that and I'm, I'm okay with that. And so for me, I think dealing with people and outside noises, it, 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 it doesn't phase. It doesn't phase me because I know the work I put in and what I do in the games and and what I've done um, so far. And so I, I don't I don't let all of what other people affect me. But I feel like it started in college and I, I was able to learn and go through that. And um, 
but it really started for me in the NBA after I went on that long run. And uh, I'm okay because my expectations is to get to that level and further. So if they don't happen, I'm mad too. So right, it's true. It's true. And and also we were talking about this with Gil, and and like it stuck on my mind because like I want to hear this from all the players, but we have an obligation to do the media every game, mm-hmm. right? And obviously they they have the time where they come in yeah. before the game, and then everybody duck out, go to the training room, then they leave, and we go back in the locker room. But at some point you got to see them. And what Gilbert was saying, it was him and uh, uh, what's my man, uh, number one in your draft class, John Wall. We were saying him and John Wall, John Wall came in and Gil was still the man. And the media kind of tried to bring in some beef between them. And so, you know, E.T. and I, we've talked about you a bunch. And I've been, I've been guilty of over-criticizing your game. And then E.T.'s like, no, nah, I play with Shorty, this, this, and that, and the other. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm watching you different. I'm like, you know what? I was wrong. You were absolutely right. Like, there's a different perspective there. But sometimes we let the media create a perception. Mm-hmm. And I know what's happened to you and your coaches. And, you know, they're getting us, they're writing something the coach said, and they try to take something that you said, and they create yeah. an issue, and, and it was never there. Yeah. So how have you, same question, how have you matured, or how are you starting to handle, you know, dealing with uh, messaging, and then how it's put out as the head of your franchise? Well, yeah, I mean, that's why I've, I've tried to follow you guys and try to start my own podcast and, and try to have, like, a platform where I can, like, I'm, I'm not necessarily just going to let, certain things slide no more like there's been a lot of like there's been a lot of stories and things said about me that just aren't true and like if people like my teammates like hopefully would vouch for me if they they spoke but like they would understand some of the things it's not not true or whatever but I'm just I don't I don't let it affect me and I just I'm to the point now I got my own platform and if things aren't true about me or things are said I have I have something I can go to and and give out the real message and from my voice and not let anybody pick pieces and move certain things here to make it sound what, what they want it to be like, so. You ever feel like with the first five years that you had and all the success that you had sometimes, like not so much being like, yo, stop calling me a Coach Keller, stop calling me this, but just let me do my job. The yeah. first four years, led the league and assists, all NBA third team, took a team that you didn't think was going to go anywhere. I definitely didn't think when I left. You're always going to go to Eastern Conference Finals that yep. next year. But you ever sit there and just be like, bro, let a pro be a pro, and can y'all just shut the hell up? Y'all don't bother Aaron. Like, for the sake, y'all don't bother Aaron Rodgers. You don't bother Chris Paul. You don't bother anybody in this mm-hmm. sense of the matter. Let me be the leader I'm going to be, but at the same time, like, the adaptation, I'm going to work with a coach, and I get managed by a coach, especially in your position. Yeah. Because you – or point God, quote unquote. Yeah, I mean, I think for sure, for sure, I want to say that, but at the same time, I know they got to do their job too. Like, I, I know they got to do what what they have to do, and um, and I think one reason why they may look at me in a different. I mean, I'm a like one and done point guard. Like you just like if you think of the one and done, it's like me, Kyrie, and like John. Like that really is like Chris Paul, Steph, like. Some of the best guards have like been to school multiple years, come in more mature and like certain things and certain levels. So when a, a 19 year old comes in as a leader of a franchise, yeah, like you know what I'm saying? It's like you, it's like a lot of a, a growing you have to do and a lot of the years that you have to go through. So like when I'm a 20 year old and I'm still or a 21 year old and I'm still like and I'm an all star starter averaging 30 and nine, like that's like that's it's not it's not common, but 
like at the same time, just because it doesn't happen every year after that, it's like it doesn't mean it's not it's not the same level. Or he's not trying to be be better in certain areas and things that, like, I, like you you gotta go through years and you gotta learn and go through certain experiences. And I feel like um, just certain certain people just don't let me have that time to go through it, and that's okay. I don't I don't like I don't fault anybody. Cause I know everybody has to go through and do their job. So, um, but that I just think that's the difference for real. Now, how'd you? I want to talk about your podcast. I'm I'm super excited about it. Um, first, like, how'd you come up with the name? You know, what are your goals from it, and uh, what should we look forward to uh, when we're listening in? Um, yeah, no. So, I mean, some it was me and my homies, Max and Winston. Uh, Sounds like the homies, yeah. Max and Winston. You got <laughs> yeah. Sam and Niagara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we all we made we came up with this podcast. They knew I wanted to start one, and. Uh, they kind of came up with the name together, and um, we talked about it and stuff, and that, that's how From the Point came, and um, that was cool. And so we've just been working together on this, and for really, it's not necessarily like, I, I didn't want to tell Draymond because he's so passionate, but it, I, it's not like an every week type of thing for me. It's not going to be like an every two times, three times a week type of thing for me. It's more about like a, a place where, if I if I do have a certain guest on, like it'll be big in mind, like it'll be big for me, and it's a big reason for him to be on, or um, or certain news, or certain things that I want to get off, or like my shoe colorways, or certain some things coming up, like events coming out. Like I have like a place I can go to, and if I want to get off a message, that'll be the the place to go to. So yeah. for me, okay. no, I just and I want to like look in the cameras when I say this. Like this is this is like what we like hearing. You know, like a guy has a you know, you got a brand behind you. You got, you want to speak your voice, you know, like with the shoe thing is amazing. Like you got your own shoe, you got colorways, direct interaction with your fans. Like you cutting out the middle, man. Like, no, I don't need you to tell my story. Like I'm telling it directly to you. And I think uh, sometimes we don't realize, you know, the influence that we have. Like, you know, we were talking with some other athletes about this too. Like we got to start being in tune with each other. Like, mm -hmm. okay. Making sure the, you, you let us know what you do, and then we're telling other guys, like, look, you got to follow mm -hmm. Trey Young's playbook. Like, he, he did something that's never been done mm -hmm. before, and then you're going to start seeing other guys do these things, and it's going to be coming from you. So, like, you, like we, we got to understand, like, we really are geniuses. Like, it's only but one of you on earth. So, I you know, for me to that. you, like, just, like, I, I know you recognize it, but don't, know, don't ever forget that. No, I appreciate that. So next year, looking forward to, you know, getting back to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like you spoke before, like players haven't been there, you know, looking to, you know, you got a new coach now. Uh, Quinn Snyder was the first big school to reject me oh. uh, at Missouri. What? <laughs> but I wasn't good enough. I, I'll, I'll be honest. At that time, I wasn't good enough. Oh. Yeah, I wasn't good enough at that time. Yeah, no. But then he actually was, uh, he coached us in Philly. So I got a good relationship with Quinn, know him pretty well. I actually like him a whole lot. What he did in Utah was uh, was great. So uh, what are you most excited about and, you know, what are some goals you have for the team? Uh, man, I'm just I'm just excited to have the, the start of a season with him. I mean, we've already been talking this whole summer. Like, he'll send me a text, like, a full page of, like, new stuff we're about to put in. And, um, like, he's just, like, a really just smart coach. Like, he just always wants to talk basketball. Uh, can talk for hours and uh, just really smart. And he's just a, a PG's dream as a as a coach for as far as like making making sure everybody's gonna be where they need to be and making sure and holding everybody accountable, including myself. 
um, and making sure that if, if somebody messes up, it's it's on them because he lets you know, as, as, as including, including myself too. So um, this, this is really, I'm literally looking forward to playing playing this year with them and uh, having him as my coach for sure. And the uh, relationship you have with DJ, the longevity, it seems like it's going to be, you know, uh, a long-term thing. Talk about that that balance and that chemistry that you all had and, uh, you know, the difference of having that, uh, you know, defensive-minded, you know, also another playmaker on mm -hmm. the ball that, you know, can take it out your hands and, you know, get you shots as well. That's How has that helped your career so far and what, what's the difference and where you think you can take it? Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's been, like, such a great teammate for me so far. Uh, obviously, we both knew it was going to be some, some struggles and, and times that we would – I mean, have to go through, and I think we didn't finish like we wanted to as an AC, but, um, but like, I, like for us both being PGs, having the ball in our hands, like as, I have with the team, with our teams, um, it's something that we had to go through in a growing period. But now I think like since this summer, like there's a lot of things that we've been talking, a lot of new things that that's going to be added to next season, and I'm just looking forward. Like for me, I, I hate talking about it, like. You know me, like I love just just hooping and going and playing, and I'd rather just show it rather than talk about it. So um, there's a lot of there's a lot of good things that's going to be different than last season as far as how we played and played off each other, and um, so it's going to be fun. No, for me, my my like my like I only got like one more like really question, just just a conversation. Like when we are in the league and you know we start out, it's like fun. It's just like, I mean, I'm living my dream. But over time, you know, I play too damn long. Mm -hmm. It just becomes like, we start, I start reacting to the wrong things. Like, you, you, how do we only read negative stuff, right? It's just like, <laughs> I don't know if it's human nature. And so, you know, are you still having fun? That's, that's what I really want to ask. No, for sure. For sure. Like, and it looks like it too, but. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, and for me, like, I mean, I, I had like a, my son is just turned a year old, like, I mean, I'm about to have a, a daughter here in a couple months. Like, I'm, like, for me, like, that's why I'm having fun, too. So, like, I know I got, like, a, a, a different different lens that I'm looking through than, than I did a couple years ago or even yeah, when I was coming Oklahoma in. Oklahoma to Cali. That's a, <laughs> a big difference. That's a big difference. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I still got my place in Oklahoma, too, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I just go got married, there. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> nah, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm married. Shit. Oh, yeah. Death. Right. I'm just fucking Join the club, man. I'm joining the club. No, no. ET next. Oh, nah. I'm I'm waiting until everybody get divorced. I'm going to get married <laughs> in my 40s. You know? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just joking. Oh, he can rap this. All right, now. Nah, so, yo, Trey, once again, thanks for uh, coming on the show. You know, thanks for pulling up. You know, always been a big fan. And, uh, you know, good luck on your season this year and just keep doing your thing. Nah, man, appreciate it. Nah, trust me, first of all, I, I've been fans. I've been coming to the games when I was in pre-draft. Like, I've been a fan of you, that. man, yeah. for a minute. Like, I've been a teammate with you, man. I learned so much and just more off the court than, than on the court just because you weren't able to hoop. And I've seen, seen you, man, just being just appreciate everything, bro. Like, just everything and coming to the games, always supporting. Um, so, you know, I got hella love for you. So, appreciate y'all having me on, man. Yeah, thank you, sir. Thank you. Without a ball, it's just a court. And without your spirit, it's only a game. So, together with the fans, we bring our best. For your next pregame, let's share a twist on a classic. The Hennessy Margarita. A squeeze of fresh lime juice and a bit of agave syrup. 
topped off with ice and a salted rim. Mix it, shake it, pour it, and enjoy the spirit of the NBA. Hennessy, without your spirit, it's only a game. 21 and older, please drink responsibly. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 